Hi, and welcome to another episode of Up Next. This is your host, Ali Murtadam, and today I'm joined by none other than Pooja Baburaj, the founder of Round Z. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So, hi, Pooja, and welcome on Up Next. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. I am really, really excited to you know, hear a lot about yourself and the work that you did with Ground Z and the work that you're doing and what you guys hope to achieve. But before we get into that, I just want to give a quick note that I am currently recording through a software that I don't usually use. So if the audio is bad, I completely apologize for that. And if the audio is good when I listen to it, then I'm just going to edit this part and you'll never hear it. But yeah, so without any further ado, why don't we get right into it by you telling us a bit more about yourself and Ground Z. Uh, a bit more about myself. Uh, much like you, I went to AUS. You're still in AUS. I'm an AUS alumni. And about Ground Z. Uh, this was something I, I actually derived from my experiences at AUS, and it just came to fruition later on in life when I got a little bit more time to work outside of academics and develop uh, my skill set to become a social entrepreneur. And the reason that I went into this particular sector is because I'm extremely, extremely passionate about education equality. I believe that everybody should have a fair shot at getting an educational experience. It doesn't matter where you come from, what your income bracket is. It shouldn't matter because I think everyone needs to have the opportunity to dream and become who they aspire to be. And Ground Z tries to resolve that gap by making sure that we have affordable learning resources that are powered by artificial intelligence and is accessible to students from low to middle income households and cater to people of diverse interests, not just science and technology, where usually such interventions are omnipresent. You, you log on online, you see many digital platforms for students who love science and not so much for business and even less for those who do social science. So we're trying to battle two things at the same time, which is making sure that there, there are diversified resources available for students of different interests, but in an accessible, affordable fashion. So that's what Ground Z does. 100%. And this this is absolutely amazing. I personally believe that education is the only thing that can save our planet, save, mm-hmm. you know, a humankind, because you can do everything from the outside. You can do so much things. You can spend a ton of money, build of the, everything, right? But if you do not build the human beings through education, then you never have anything. You never have development. You'll never have mm-hmm. sustainability. You'll never have a promising, uh, not even a promising future, a future, you know, which is why mm-hmm. I'm really glad that, you know, people like yourselves and you, the guys that you work with at, over at Ground Z, especially that they are, you know, from the younger generation, you guys are already taking this yeah. step forward because this, if you wait a couple years, five or 10 years later, it could literally be too late to save it, right? We're literally talking the matter of decades here. Like time is a very sensitive manner. And when you have the younger generation step up and take action, this is you know everything that you want to see. And what you said is absolutely incredible. And so many, so many things that we're gonna go into and break down Mm -hmm. on from there. But first things first, I usually like to start by talking about the beginnings. Now you're saying that you're very passionate about making sure that everyone has an equal shot at education, regardless of income bracket and you know, socioeconomic status. So that is your passion for it. But how did you know? a startup or an organization like Ground Z come to existence? 
I think it's everybody, when you go into entrepreneurship, you either have a million dollar idea or you're just super annoyed about something in your life. It's either or. So for me, it's the latter, where I was super annoyed with the fact that I had to struggle so much to get an education. And by that, I mean, it's always that so much fees to pay, there's so much unpaid fees left to pay. And then I had to pick myself up and then apply for so many scholarships. And even AUS happened that way. AUS, I think I was on 65 to 70% scholarship most of the times. And that's why I was able to afford even the university, the alma mater that connects the two of us. So I was just wondering in the midst of my pressures to maintain a certain GPA, to maintain several scholarships at the same time, I lost my ability to enjoy co-curriculars or even enjoy my peers because after a point of time, everything was just a rough competition to me. And that means that even the slightest disappointed disappointment would appear like a big failure because it's all or nothing. And now that I look back at it, I didn't enjoy my college time. I was just too busy thinking about what's next and, and how do I keep on holding on to these things when I finish the four years. And this has been the case in school times. And I think people don't talk about it much in Dubai because we have a presumption that everybody who lives in Dubai is able to afford their lives in Dubai, which is, oh my God, not true. And it is, it's disappointing because then, then it becomes like you are an invisible population here. The people whose, whose parents you know, definitely qualify to be in the low to middle income bracket of earning. And when people just say that, oh, downtown and the lifestyle you see there is is Dubai then you you wonder where you are where you are in the in the matrix that is this country the society what is my place and that that also becomes very complicated um, as if it wasn't already when you express these concerns to people back home or somebody who doesn't live here because again it's the assumption that if you are here in the first place there's a degree of privilege which i completely admit to because many people back home are much less privileged than i am but that does not um, invalidate our struggles that from here and a set of people who actually fulfill the work level ones or the blue collars um, they're mostly people like me the immigrant population so it's it's hard to see the story being told and most people just don't want to talk about it because you just don't fit in to the picture and image of what this country is perceived as and I, I got fed up of it I'm like what about us what about the scholarship kids what about the kids who need to take out a ton of loans and didn't really go back to India or wherever you come from to complete your education so yeah, th that's when I, I held, held on to it for a bit of time. I was angry for a longer time. And then I said, what can I do about this negative emotion? I can cry about it. I can hate the people around me and harbor negative emotions. But the second option would be to do something about it. And when I got the means to do it, which is when I finally secured a job and I felt safe and stable relatively, I got the opportunity to enter something called E7 Banat, which is an incubator program for women leaders in the UAE. Once we entered that, there was a glimmer of, or a taste of what social entrepreneurship looks like. I learned my lessons from there, moved on and started Ground Z into the formatives. So for me, it's beyond a company, it's beyond the profits it can make. It really is about not having other children go through the same pressure which is definitely not their fault. They're 
where they're born, which family they belong to is not a choice they make. But I don't think our world is equipped to give people a fair opportunity. And I don't think people understand it in an intersectional lens. They just say, if you work hard enough, you'll succeed. But it's really about the right place, right time, right amount of effort, right so many things. So Groundsy wants to be that platform where we can get some things right for them so the rest they can somehow figure out and land where they want to. Definitely. I mean, uh, that you're saying there's this uh, inception, especially from people at home that you live in Dubai, okay, well, how many Lamborghinis do you have in your garage? (laughs) I think just as someone that literally anyone that lives in Dubai that it's a beautiful city it absolutely is of but, you course, know the 100%. people from outside think that it's like oh it's all Labradees and stuff I mean I personally don't drive a Labradee many people do but unfortunately I'm not one of them and you know like you say not everyone is a trust fund baby you know a lot for a lot of people mm-hmm. education isn't something that they would take for granted or something that like uh, they know that like they're gonna get it uh, either way yeah that like, you have to exactly. compete for it yeah it's not like uh, well you know, I did bad th- in this semester. You know, let me, let me uh, I'm going to drop. It's fine. And then, I'm going to still. I'm going to yeah. drop and then dad's going to pay for the rest. For many people, it's it's not like that. It's not, you don't get another semester because, you know, yeah. financially you can't afford another semester. And in the end of the day, it boils down to the, it ends with the, you know, availability of education for everyone. Everyone should have the same shot at education, right? I strongly believe in meritocracy and, if you don't have the same foundation that is education, then you can't really be compared based on merit anymore, right? You're compared based yeah. on how much money daddy has. You're compared <laughs> on, you know, and, you know, it's no fault of your own if you are a trust fund yeah, baby. You this is where you're born into it. Yeah, exactly. you know, this is just like how life is. But in the end of the day, there should be a level playing ground. And then, mm-hmm. you know, then only that you're saying when you work hard, when you know you strive you quote-unquote hustle then you know the, you can like you earn the right to, to be successful and stuff like exactly. that but you need that you know that foundation to build you up and to get you to that level where your hard work can be equivalent and compared to everyone else's hard work and only then we can see true meritocracy come in and see well Pooja worked harder than this person Pooja actually took more opportunities you know she mm-hmm. sacrificed other things this is why she got this higher position compared to that other person that you know just kind of served their way into it and <laughs> this is why I really love to see you know organizations like yours because it's not just you know people that live in Dubai like I, I don't think we are you know the 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 you know I don't think like we need all of these resources because we still have even though like we yeah. some people don't have as much resources as the rest there are people all over the globe with nothing compared to with us. nothing exactly right and Absolutely these people nothing. also do deserve the exact same shot as education as everyone else like one of my um one of my biggest dreams in life i was having this <laughs> i was having this conversation with a friend <laughs> at 6 a.m right and it was kind of a rant um, uh, and if we were talking about like climate change and how like the world they're saying they, we have like another 10 years and mm-hmm. all I could think of is like dump as much money as you want on it. You're still yeah. never going to change anything. There are mm-hmm. billions of people across the planet without access to a book. You know, yeah. I have six books behind me that I've never mm-hmm. went through. Right. Other people for others, this could be more books that they've ever read in their lives or even had yeah. access to. And for us to actually advance as, you know, humans, as uh, 
a breed of animals, you know, as homo <laughs> sapiens, we need education, you know, mm-hmm. forget about the debate of like, oh, the education system is too old, whatever, whatever, forget about that, we need basic education, we need the foundations, we need yeah. people to have access to it, and then at least they decide if like, oh, this is, you know, the old way, let me try to find mm-hmm. modern ways, mm-hmm. but we're talking about you know, people don't even have it to start with. And it's very sad to see because this is a basic necessity. You know, this is the same thing as food and water. You know, you can give yeah, people around is. the globe all of the supplies, but if you don't teach them, then you will never have the world advance as a whole. Like there's say, there's the saying, uh, I don't want to say it in Arabic because I'm going to butcher it. And I hope I don't butcher it in English too. As I teach me how to fish and I'll eat for a day. Yeah. No, give me a fish no, and I'll eat for a day. Yeah, a day. and then teach me how to fish and I'll eat forever. And this is the exact same thing. This is why, I, like, I know I've said this like a billion times, but this is why I'm really happy to see, you know, people like yourself and your team mm-hmm. do this, especially mm-hmm. step up at such a younger age and take advantage of social media and all of that. And this actually goes into the next thing that I wanted to ask you about, which is, you know, how do you guys exactly try to, through social media and through all these platforms, to access you know, these disadvantaged people that don't have as much access to education? And how do you try to level this playing field? If I do come out and say that, yes, I have accessed our target audience to social media, I'm pretty sure someone's going to take something and throw it at me because we're talking about people who do not have digital devices. We're talking about countries who are uh, who have been identified as our target regions for action like India like many parts of Middle East and North Africa because these are the regions that we call home many of our team members call home and if we you know take a deep dive into these populations it's a lot of students in a category called NEET which is not an education employment or training and the reason they are in that position is because they don't have access to offline or online resources So me posting on Instagram has not really connected me with any of these students. And that is a fact of the matter. That's why we're just starting out. But through social media, what we're trying to do is find student champions who can then cascade what we're trying to do to our target audience. So we're trying to find student champions from Egypt, even though we're not in Egypt. We're trying to find student champions from India, from Saudi, from Lebanon all these different places, we're providing them with a train-the-trainer approach where we share our resources with them for a temporary basis until our platform is up and running. And even, even still, even after that, these they would be our arms and legs on ground because we cannot be everywhere. We're still in Dubai. And especially right now because of COVID, we really cannot be anywhere. We should be at home or in a setting which is safe. So it is these students who can then approach on our behalf to our target audience. And then, like I mentioned, share the resources that we have compiled for them, share the platform that we have set up for them. But for now, I would say we have interacted with the with our extended family of Ground Z, who will then help us share Ground Z to bigger audiences. So um, no, we have not really spoken to our target audiences as much as I am. I wouldn't say embarrassed because we are young and not just not just the team is young, but the whole company is young. But I would say that it is motivating us to do things faster for sure. Definitely. Actually, I didn't think of this. I didn't I didn't get this perspective until you start 
I mean, it reminds me of what I was saying earlier, right? You know, these people mm-hmm. have very little access to resources. And then I started thinking, well, you know, if the, had they had access to, you know, social media and all that, this would have ha- made the problem pretty much, you know, th- it would have made it much easier to solve. They yeah. could have recruited the learning material, had remote educators and teachers, mm-hmm. remote mm-hmm. classes and whatnot. But actually, it's 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 very refreshing to think about. And, and it's kind of sad, too, to think that, you know, they th- there are so many people across the planet with very very little access to these resources that we take for yeah. granted you know we take our classes myself included by the way and like oh my god i hate this class oh my god i can't graduate i can't wait till i graduate and i'm sure you mm-hmm. thought of this too but I, in the end of the day we also need to take a step back and realize how grateful we should be because we are yeah. very blessed you know, the fact that we're getting this education that we think we hate, you know, mm-hmm. allows us to actually, it, it allows it us to you choice, know, thrive. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It, it allows, we have the, we have that choice. We can make that choice. Exactly. You know, others we can don't even, even have choose the to options. Have, we can choose to have the negative or positive emotion towards our experience, but they, they haven't even been given that shot. 100% they haven't been presented you know this opportunity and you know this is why you see a lot of initiatives around the world start to take place like when you were talking it reminded me of the uh, I'm not sure if you heard of it the 1 million Arab coders initiative I think it was done mm. by the the government here and what they ah, did okay. yeah. so what they did is they went on ground to so many mm-hmm. countries they went to like Egypt and so many countries and they actually taught people how mm-hmm. to code a million people how to code like pretty much the language of the future and mm-hmm. it reminded me of how you actually need to be on the ground you know like social media can only do too much yeah in this sense like imagine teaching a million people how to do something right and then having mm-hmm. people like yourself and all of these other groups like imagine all the work that can be done mm-hmm. it's very inspiring like you a a change can actually be made but it takes you know people to step up and actually make it happen like yourself which again like i I know i've said this a trillion times but genuinely i (laughs) love what you guys do like one of my biggest goals in life is to amass a certain amount of wealth so that i can Mm -hmm. have an institution that allows people across the globe to have access to secondary and uh higher education right Mm -hmm. Not just you know secondary remove literacy, literacy rate and stuff stuff like that. No, have them you know have. I want to see people from across the world compete to join Harvard. It doesn't have to be the same you know a uh, hundred a thousand kids, right? It doesn't have to be yeah. that. It should be everyone. Like this is where meritocracy comes in. Everyone should have access to education, man. It is education. Mm-hmm. It is so simple. It's food and yes. water. <laughs> no. It's so know, simple, it's, yet somehow so hard <laughs> to get. I think it's the same with healthcare, though. We just we just saw, and it, we, we can still see that we thought in the event of a pandemic, everybody would still be able to study, learn. Everybody would still be able to get medicines, get vaccinations. Not been the case. Global inequality is a glaring reality, and and so much more needs to be done because like you've rightfully said, if everyone does not have a shot at education or healthcare or environmental sustainability or economic development, anywhere you leave them behind, we're not going to progress. It's not that they are holding us back. It's just that we will be progressing towards 
a much more unfairer world which is going to collapse on its face and that we can see even now that we are not we were not able to push the economies and strengthen it because so many people who used to carry the burden of it collapsed under the weight of what's happening right now and it it really is make it or break it you make a better future or you just ruin everything for even exactly. longer to come as that was climate so, change and things like that. if if you don't save it then it's it's done right <laughs> yeah it's done like goodbye there's nothing they can do you know there's literally yeah. nothing you can do about it and it's very it exciting to know that we would be the ones uh like everybody <laughs> else has lived a good 50 plus life no pressure yeah <laughs> until the pandemic of course yes, uh, and now it's for us it's like the pandemic plus a weak economy plus the climate it, it's like do we have Now a chance to save to the planet too <laughs> or it is making fun of us like 10 years ago <laughs> saying there's no hope yeah. in no hope in our generation now you're putting us with yeah. all of that this is this is why like you know doing this podcast give me so much hope to see like so many young people to step up and rise to the challenge early on and not wait until you know it's our turn no i don't want to like, be consumed by a tsunami <laughs> and and like like thrown out by a tornado before coming to my senses that I need to do something about it because it's coming it's coming for sure definitely i mean like stuff like how it changes really like you see like you see the the stopwatch it was the start of the timer sorry that they put like a new york times square like i don't think yeah. obviously that's like entirely accurate but still if they're estimating the like You know, a couple of decades. Well, we gotta act. That like, we gotta act now. You know. Yeah, it's and, a doomsday uh, clock for a reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not like that movie 2012. It's like you know, stuff is gonna happen, and you gotta do something about it. <laughs> so there, again, it was a it's good time when it was us. just a movie, though. <laughs> it was really fun when it was just a movie. <laughs> it really was. And now you know, with all the stuff that you're doing, trying to connect people on the ground with your platform and trying to kind of level the playing field, what do you hope will be the bigger ripple effect of your initiatives and work? You know, it's because you know the, the bigger goal of obviously having no literacy in the world, no illiteracy rates in the world, or you know mm-hmm. having everyone having good access to education, you know, sufficient education that can help them. lead a good standard of living and mm-hmm. you know so be able to so pr- provide for themselves and things like this is something that is huge right this is something yeah. that is very 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 far and is going to take a lot of action you know a lot of ground z's but what do you think would be you know the the closer to home sort of ripple effect of the work that you do that will actually be visible i would say the moment i feel fulfilled or get, get the sensation that okay we have succeeded in making change would definitely be if we have classes or batches of students from slums from refugee camps from other displaced societies from reservations that are away from from the urban areas every type of marginalized and invisible community like i said at the start we have batches of students at least 20 to 30 graduating our program and for us to see them become innovators and community leaders for us to see them use ground zero resources and then come up with something 100 times smarter than what ground zero is uh we for me it's it's the same sort of a teacher mentality initially when i was a kid i always wanted to be a professor or a teacher because i like the sensation of sharing what i've studied 
so more than so more than just keeping it to myself and giving a paper even my mo- mode of studying is the same unless i i explain to someone i don't understand what i said so i noticed that for me my own understanding of life in general or knowledge of any forms comes from the fact that i am able to share it to someone else and groundsy again has the same reflection of that aspect of my personality where i don't really think it's successful if people are going to absorb it and just leave it within them that's not success as as a teacher but it's only successful if they actually come back and tell me you know what groundsy could do more things and i'm going to bring up something that's an ai that is smarter than what groundsy is using i'm going to solve healthcare issues i'm going to run for president all these things i want i want to see that happen in in our cohort of participants and that's when we would feel happy and satisfied that a generation a lost generation of of youth who feel like their right to dream has been stripped away is suddenly dreaming and growing and achieving and until we reach there i would not be happy because that's the biggest key that we can give back to them that i i cannot nullify the the social factors that influence whether they'll become successful in life or not i can't the world is so much bigger than me but what i can do is on an individual scale give them back the power the society took from them i i don't want to say empower and embolden if you give people resources they can do that on their own i don't want us to go in with a savior complex basically we nobody wants that i don't want saving i never needed it i had to build groundsy on my own and i'm pretty sure most youth in the world have it in them if you give them access they can create amazing things and that's all we can deem as a success story and then we can go to bed peacefully after that <laughs> and you know, I I love what you said in the end that you know the world is bigger than you the world is bigger than ground z bigger than all of us at end there's 7 billion people mm-hmm. there there is like if you start talking about like the factors and what not I mean, th- these are things that people have been talking about way before we, you know. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's talking about it since forever. Yeah, and uh, but again, like it is the realization that you still can make a change. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, you you're not necessarily trying to save the world. You're just trying to make a change. You're trying yeah. to impact people's lives and add value to them. Yeah, because uh, people can easily criticize us that, oh. You know, she, she's just another twenty-something-year-old thinking that she can change the world. Change the Wait world until, like, day. you know, she goes into the quote-unquote real world and stuff like that, <laughs> and then reality strikes. But you already have that reality, realistic, you know, perspective of your dream. Yeah. And I'm really glad, uh, you know, that you have that. And now I think it's only right if you tell us a bit more about the kind of the resources that you try to provide people with over at Groundsy mm-hmm. and the platform that you guys are building, and you hope. people can use and share definitely so we initially had a dual platform setup and by dual platform i meant uh, i mean that we our resources should be available in an app format as well as a website format but we are a bunch of broadcast kids cloud server is really expensive for now the co-founders are shelling out our hard earned money from our day jobs so we have limited it to just the beta testing version of our website for now Yeah, and of course if any vcs listen to your podcast hit us up <laughs> we need money <laughs> but uh besides that uh don't forget me once... a couple hundred dollars to our mind uh, mr vc <laughs> yeah your 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 brokerage fee will be sent in so once we 
one thing that we're paying attention to is that we need these platforms to be able to work in a low internet capacity as well otherwise there is no point because and that would mean you know having downloadable assets that work offline and it should be up to a 70 to 90% that that form of download downloadable assets otherwise without internet in these remote areas it's it's a useless app i i don't even want to sugarcoat it it will be very useless so that is our biggest challenge which is the infrastructure to work in remote environments once we have solved that mechanical issue then it comes to the content so like i mentioned our content is ai driven and the reason it's ai driven is so that we can have the students decide what content they want to see it is not going to be recommended by us it's not going to be enforced by us rather observing the patterns of what they are interested in if i for example keep engaging with social science materials keep on logging into the social science experimental labs and in the end compete in the social science ideathon which is our last element not really the most important element the important element is definitely the the learning process this is sort of optional but if i make it till that point then obviously the app would identify it our website would identify it and they'd recommend mentors communities within the app of similar minded people who they can work with learn from and grow together so that's where our our future fit element comes in where we don't want it to be all human intervention mentors obviously will still remain human and their feedback is critical and that's where they can in- interact with industry experts but the main point or our usp is definitely the fact that you can access three different types of pathways for three different types of students which is the ones the ones that are engaged with social sciences the others who are interested in business and the third one that wants to go with the traditional stem track which is very popular in asia for some reason and uh, but we're giving them a chance to experiment with all pick whichever they like keep uh, experimenting on our virtual labs where they can make mistakes learn from their mistakes and helps them go into the real world while playing with real world factors and variables in a virtual environment so it's almost like we're reducing the risk that they would face if they step out with their idea and increasing the level of innovation that is possible but in a safe environment that is completely simulated so that i think that is where the our ground z has an edge over the rest of the available apps because for now you might see a lot of brilliant other counterparts like khan academy like edx like coursera it's all learning materials and we don't do that because we would not just be competing with giants but there is an excess of learning resources available when it comes to audio video materials we're not trying to create that we're going towards the other aspect is one you have learned and absorbed this information can you then bring it to the labs and try putting your idea together and play around until you get the perfect prototype that you want to present to the world that's what we are trying to leverage offer so yeah that's that's what we've got so far that sounds amazing really and you know that like you're saying there these platforms do exist there are enough youtube videos to do everything but in the end of the day if you can deliver these videos if you can deliver this knowledge to the people that mm-hmm. actually need them then mm-hmm. You know, they're not, I can't say they're useless, honestly, because they are very useful. I used Khan Academy and I yeah. used you know, all these YouTube videos and stuff like that, but they are not, you know, living up to their full potential. And there's still a lot of people that could be benefiting from them that aren't, mm-hmm. which is, you know, mm-hmm. where you guys come in and it's, it's really incredible. 
And now, you know, into the juicy part of the episode, that is the challenges and mistakes. Now, I'm certain that you have ran into your fair share of challenges and mistakes. And Mm -hmm. from what your reaction, I am looking forward to your answers. (laughs) So first things first, why don't we talk about the challenges? You know, what was the challenge that you faced throughout your journey as, you know, the founder of Groundsy that kind of, uh, in a way shaped that journey. If I could have started Groundsy several years ago, I would have. I would have done it in university itself. And I think that's that's the first mistake I made, which was I always sold myself short. And I had a tendency to succumb to my circumstances, which is, oh, I only have this much money in my pocket. Oh, I don't think I can go anywhere because look at AUS. It's it's a bubble of rich kids who can afford to go to competitions, go to go to conferences. And here I am sitting in class, struggling barely to pay that particular semester's fee. And I reduce myself to 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 fit that form of I'm not getting anywhere in life. And then I put a stop into everything I did. I just went to class, came back, did a couple of things here and there, but I I wish I had done it earlier and I link it back to why Groundsy because we had Shera back then. As an AUS student, I could access Shera quite easily. All the mentors were right there. All the VCs were right there. And I saw Shera when I, I saw Shera at a time when they were a tiny little office space inside the library and they were encouraging a lot of people from my batch who were lucky enough to see Shera's growth to come up with ideas and come speak to them so they would guide us. So I feel like that was the first mistake that don't think that just because you don't have the means, you cannot make something possible. It sounds very cliche. I know that it might just irk you off that, oh my God, not another Oprah Winfrey um, quote here. But seriously, because I couldn't see beyond my current realities, I didn't even see my opportunities. It was right there. And now what happened is that now that I'm out of university, three years into building my career, now when I go back, especially during during the pandemic state, where you cannot go meet people, talk to them face to face, and let them know that, oh, you know, we have a close personal relationship, we're from the same ecosystem. Now it's hard to access them. And so I would, I would, that's definitely going to be one of the regrets that I've, I've, I'm going to hold in my heart, not because I want to weep over it, but just to remember that tomorrow when I have to present Groundsy, I need to get over myself. I need to stop thinking about my sob stories and look ahead and see what is it that I can do to change my reality as well as that of others. Because if you don't look ahead, you are not looking anywhere. You're just floundering your eyes here and there. And then you're just going going to go home, cry over your wasted day and repeat the process all over again. So I think that was one big mistake that I did, which is which is uh, hide the idea for too long and then bring it out at a time when it's too difficult to launch in the market. And the second one I would say is always find the right team and take your time in finding it. Um, when, when I initially joined the E7 Banat program, which gave me access to a brilliant set of people, the some you can be friends with, some you you can be team members with. And what happened is it collided together because as young people, you believe your friends can be your best team members. And no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. 
your team members or professionals sometimes you're lucky and you have friends who have a clear line of distinction between the personal and professional then you're lucky but otherwise you'll end up having ruined friendships um bit, you will end up going into such hot waters that you will regret Yeah, everyone learned that in to, every single school university project yeah yeah so and it becomes even more tougher because uh like i said social entrepreneurship is a bunch of and these are the big big failures there are little ones that oh i got rejected today oh nobody wants to fund my project today uh, oh they think the idea is absolute crap so many things can come your way but these are the bigger picture things so i'm just mentioning these that at the when you when you lead something always look ahead and when you lead something always put the best people at work not your friends not your family if they happen to be your friends and family amazing but if you want your idea to work the only way you can take an unbaked idea and make something grand from that is if you have a team that's willing to work their hardest even when things become the worst of its lot so even during the pandemic if you have a team member who is ready to do their full time job then come back home and work on ground z then you know you have the right person in and if they don't complain about it that i'm doing too much you're putting me through so much pressure but okay you're an executive board member this is a dream that we we share so we have to put in the work who else is going to do the work so to find that sort of um, energy from somebody else and then feed off that positive energy it takes a lot of time to judge somebody's caliber and character to that extent so i would say slow and steady when it comes to building your team and move jet speed when it comes to approaching people who can help you make your idea happen like don't wait on that so you have to pace yourself in these two different things accordingly and when you don't you will fail like i did so <laughs> <laughs> i mean i love that cuz you know in a way you kind of package them as the mistakes and challenges that you faced but at the same mm-hmm. time you showed how the lesson that you came away from it and the lesson that people should come away with it and at the same time you turned it into advice which is absolutely amazing like that answer was literally that entire session i love that <laughs> you know that entire session cuz you know i i actually there was a point where i would ask people the question of mistakes and then they would mm-hmm. always say well i wouldn't call them a mistake call it a lesson so i changed the question into mistake slash lesson and you just mm-hmm. reminded me of that you know it, it's literally every mistake is a lesson in its own yeah know, like, it is it's, it's it's a given that <laughs> like you're saying you got to move forward you're not gonna you just sit around uh, try about the past well you can't change anything like you got to control what you can't control everything yeah. else you can't you, you just can't. especially like th- this is what life thought us in the last mm-hmm. god like a year and a half wow the, this has been going for a while but <laughs> everything around you is closing everything you are you have to stay at home you have to do all these things you have no control over yeah. that what you do have control over is you know yourself you have control over the people that you still do choose to interact with mm-hmm. you have the choice when it comes with what do you want to do how well do you want to do it how well do you not want to do it how will you take care of yourself and things like that so there are a lot of variables yes plenty mm-hmm. that we have no control over whatsoever <laughs> but at the same time the you there's no point in you crying or even sp- spending a second working on controlling mm-hmm. them because you won't be able to and it's just going to make yeah. you even sadder but you got to control what you can't control what you can sorry what you can't control there are things 
that we do have some control over that our work ethic, how we organize our time, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's up to us, you know, like there are things that if you want to do them, then you got to do them. You know, if I yeah. want to have an episode tomorrow, then I got to record an episode. Exactly. Know? If you <laughs> no want to change... come do it for exactly. you. Exactly. If you want to like play, uh, level out the playing field when it comes to education, you and your board got to do it. There is no one else that's mm-hmm. going to do it for you. You know, no one's going to give you a pat on the back. <laughs> you gotta do it like, if you yeah. signed up for something then do it go through with it you know <laughs> i love that i love that and now you know as we are getting closer to and signing off i kind of want to switch it around and get to know more about puja the person so mm-hmm. i like to ask these questions that give insight you know to people and tell them a thing or two about yourself and your perspective on things so first things first, they are big questions. They sound, like, you know, they are like a sentence, but they're deep, you know, in that sense. How do you define success? Oh, okay. See, I told I you. <laughs> Four words, like a much bigger meaning. I think for me, success isn't, it's not big. So I feel weird saying it, but for me, success is when somebody tells me that you've taught me something. And that makes my month, my year, my day, which if, if, if I'm in a really happy state of mind, then I'm like, yes, that's the energy I need for 2021. It's fine. But, uh, and if I'm, I'm having a really tough day, then that happiness lasts for three hours. But it really does change my mood, mood around when somebody just says, I didn't know that, you know, you taught me that. So I, it, it could just be a silly little Excel hack. I'm really bad at Excel. So when I tell, when somebody says that they've learned something from me, I feel very proud and happy and satisfied. So that's why I picked up that example. But yeah, I, I find joy in in just just adding a little bit extra value when it comes to somebody's understanding of anything and that's it yeah I, I i don't know i don't i can't put it in quantifiable measurements i really can't i'm, I'm a very easy person to <laughs> to to you know, get joy uh out of like it's not like i I'm, I'm a tough person to to crack in that sense yeah i mean that's beautiful because i think uh, you know adding value is something that i always campaign and rally about uh, you know about and in the end of the day, like our purpose on this planet is to add value to others, mm-hmm. right? You know, uh, you're not there to simply work at that company or, you know, um, not even, you know, just help your family, but others too. Like mm-hmm. we are humans, we are connected and we are connected for a reason to benefit one another, mm-hmm. you know, to help each other, give back to our communities, give back to our societies and whatnot. And uh, I, I don't think success should be something. I mean, you can't quantify success you know, for like, for example, mm-hmm. success for Ground Z would be reaching like, let's say a million users in X mm-hmm. amount of times. But when it comes to like a person, like, th- there are so many noble goals in that sense. And I think adding value is right on top of that list and just helping others because it comes in many different forms that like you're saying, you know, helping someone with an Excel mm-hmm. hat or through mm-hmm. Ground Z by literally giving them a chance to, have uh, compete with people you know with mm-hmm. be, for the same opportunities and now you know on to the second question 
Well, actually, I should have asked that one before. Mm. <laughs> Let's draw one with this. Uh, it's a tricky one because the second one is supposed mm-hmm. to be the. Um, you know what? No, let, let, let's stick with it. Let's stick with it. I don't. I don't mix it up. I, I'm gonna keep this in. Throw it bloopers. Okay. <laughs> now, okay. You know, for the last question, how would you describe yourself in just three words? Your Red Ranger. Is is it a Power Rangers reference? Yeah, hundred percent. Yes, I love Power Rangers. <laughs> no doubt about it. Wait, is that actually it? Yeah, you you said three <laughs> three words. I gave you three words. <laughs> I mean, you gotta beat the system there, not gonna lie. Um, no, but like, give some like insight into it. Like, okay, insight into yeah. my okay, fine. I wanted you to ask for it. I was just trying to play by your rules. <laughs> um. I, I think during during the insanity that was that was my life, um, the one thing that I always sought relief in was Power Rangers and that thirty minutes of slot where I could just be glued on the TV and not care about anything else in the world uh, made me the happiest because it was a bunch of random teams who suddenly get a shot of power and now they can change the world. I used to secretly pray and hope that God like hit me with a lightning bolt or make a spider bite me, like do something. So I can, it's a very groundy mentality, but like in a, in, in a childlike format, because definitely I was seeing this dream when I was nine, 10 years old. So um, same, same, same uh, theory, but different way of implementing the dream of doing good for the world. And the reason I stuck on with Red Ranger is because obviously the Red Ranger is the team captain and, I I always liked being in in a position where I'm like the benevolent leader, the one that everybody would like to lean on, the team leader that would kick everybody else's ass if they touch my team, that sort of leadership style. So I liked it. I liked being that that shield for for my team, for my family, whoever it is, for my friends. So I, I kept that with me. And even now, when people ask me, "What's your purpose?" or "How are you? How would you define yourself?" I just say this. I just I just Hope people know that I am going to be your Red Ranger when you need me. I I can kick ass for you. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely terrible. I, don't, I mean, the this amount of context behind your Red Ranger, I did not <laughs> see this coming. To be honest, <laughs> but I absolutely love that. And you know, I don't think there's a better note to uh, sign off on. So on this note, I thank you, thank you very much for joining me today. It was a genuine pleasure to have you on and to hear about all this amazing stuff that you do with Ground Z and hopefully all the amazing stuff that you guys will keep on doing and all the amazing stuff that you guys will achieve. So thank you really from you know my behalf, on behalf of everyone listening, on behalf of humankind. <laughs> thank you. And <laughs> I hope you guys keep doing great. I hope you guys keep doing what you're doing and keep smashing it. Thank you for having me. I haven't achieved anything that great yet, but obviously with with all the support coming my way, even the fact that you have featured Ground Z's idea and what we're trying to do and helping us gain traction in a way, it really means a lot to me. So thank you for having me on the show. Once again, thank you for tuning in and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Ali or follow the podcast so you can know when the next episode is out.